RadioInfluence.com. Just like that, man, the DJ Eakin podcast is back. I am DJ Eakin, of course. The lovely, the bubbly, the um, I can't do this without her, Miss Brittany Gonzalez. How are you, Brittany? How are you? I am um, okay. Brittany, I had to, we, I think we, uh, it's a little different this week because if you follow us, we normally drop an episode on Friday and we're a little late with the first one. And then all of a sudden here comes another one because the conversation we wound up having was not the one we started out wanting to have. And right. the one that we want to have, I want to have now. And it's much different than the kind of celebration of life for DMX and where it went and you know, just the life that we were talking about in the beginning. Um, this one's a little bit more serious because it's it's happened yet again. We've had, um, let's see, we had Derek Chavin, or whatever his name is, get yeah. found guilty for the death of George Floyd. And in the midst of getting that verdict, we got almost as quick as the verdict came it was trending on Twitter that there had been another shooting in Columbus, Ohio, of a black child. I, I mean, she's 16, so um, her yeah. name's Micaiah um, Bryant, Columbus, Ohio, and um, there's video. Let's talk about what we know or what has been put out, the story that everybody got. Because I, st- I first got it, it was like, yo, you seen this video? And, of course, I honestly, it was crazy because, again, I was trying to avoid – watching it i don't know how quick you saw it Brittany. did you see it like as soon as it dropped or did you try not to watch it or i i it was so much to take in that i said i'm i I waited to the next day when i had like a moment because when it hit it was still like i was still processing the the derek chauvin trial right like and and wanting to feel good about that before i allowed my brain to take that in and just feel completely you know like crushed right so so before we even so before we even go to Makaya's thing and and our thoughts on that. What were your thoughts? Let's talk about your thoughts bef- when the the trial when the when the when the jury was handed the trial. What were your thoughts when it was handed to them? This is before you heard the verdict or anything else. What were you thinking? Like after the trial was done and they did closing arguments and it's like jury, you now have it to deliberate. What were you thinking? I was like, there's going to be one to two a-holes that are just not going to get it, that are still going to say on a technicality, Derek Chauvin did nothing wrong and we're going to lose it. Or they're only going to maybe get one guilty charge on the the the, the most less severe sent, uh, uh, charge. Right. So I think that was the, the third degree manslaughter. I think that was the, the lessest whatever but yeah so that's what i was that to me was that's where i was at i was like somebody is not gonna agree and then it's gonna knock off everything but they're gonna get a guilty on the manslaughter that's what i was just something but not what it was and you know what's crazy about that is and let me just give it to you from a black man that's clean as i can put it the craziness about the world that I think that people misunderstand or that America misunderstands about how we as black people look at these things is it's gotten to a point where you can see a video and you can say, this dude sat on this dude's neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds. And I immediately start going, why are we even going to trial? Like you saw this. Right. Like, like why are we in trial? But being an American citizen, I know 
We have to. You're supposedly innocent until proven guilty, right? So you have to have a trial. That's the due process. He's allowed that, this sort of thing and the other. Now, I also, within that, all these feelings are jumping around like, I remember Rodney King. I remember when that video dropped out there, whoever was shooting that video had a direct shot. And you counted the amount of blows that Rodney King took, right? He was on the ground, and I'm talking about they beating him with these batons, right? These police batons. And me, as a person, if you beat me, I'm trying to get away. Yeah. And then I'm listening to them in court, and they saying stuff like, if he would have just stayed down, they wouldn't have kept hitting him, right? And then, to top it all off, nobody was guilty, was not guilty. So the whole time, as soon as they sent them to deliberate, I'm thinking, I ain't going to be surprised, just like you. I ain't going to be surprised if they come out here and say, we are hung jury, he's not guilty, and then we got all these experts and stuff on CNN and Fox and all these channels talking about what could have been done better, this, that, and the other. But I was completely prepared for it to go wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, I was completely prepared to just come out and be like, we ain't get justice again. Because I feel like that's just where we are. I just feel like I'm arguing about things that I see. You understand what I'm saying? It's like... I, you see me right now. I blink and I go, you go, Ekin, you just blink. I go, you didn't see that, Brittany. Like, I saw you blink, yo. That's how I, that's, it's that simple. That's how I feel like when we're watching these videos and these things happen. So right. when they came out and you heard guilty, what'd you feel? I was shocked, shocked and then relieved, shocked. And then like, oh, thank you, you did the right thing. Like, thank you, this was the right thing to do. I'm so thankful that you you acknowledged it. Like, here we are, it's real. So that that was it. Every, every time they were like, okay, the first charge, this is guilty. Second charge, he read it. I'm like, is he gonna say guilty? Like, like it's, you know, every charge was just like, I was anticipating hearing not guilty. Right. Because I had already heard guilty on the first one. So I was like, all right, well, th- but so, yeah, just like relief, relief, though. Like, thank you. Thank you. Now you want to know something crazy? Feel? This is how I felt. I felt the relief that you feel for maybe that long, like eight, nine seconds. I think I felt a relief. You know why? Because I immediately started going, well, that ain't got nothing to do with the sentencing, though. I know. Isn't that? And and this is, and that's what's what's so trash and so wild to me is I just, and people that look like me, and I'm not saying that every single black person, but in the barbershop conversations I've had, people I talk to, you know, different nationalities, a lot of people that look like me, we go, yeah, we got the verdict. What's that sentencing going to look like? Right. You know, and it's crazy. We're at every step. We're waiting for something to go wrong in this system. That's supposed yep. to be fair for everybody. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And, yeah. and that's the problem that, that I have with the system. And, and I think a lot of people, they don't understand when we're having these conversations, right? Well, you got justice. Yeah, but I really shouldn't feel like, did I really get justice? And look what we all had to do. Right. What we the the viralness of it that had to happen. The pressure that we continue to 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 keep going when the the district attorney, I believe his name was Mike something. When it all happened, he had already ruled out that it was totally okay. That that what the officer did what he's supposed to do in that situation, and then nothing was wrong. Like 
done. It was going to be done. Had we not continued to to petition, to call out, to protest, we and, wouldn't have gotten what we got. What we got just last week. Right. And talk about something had not right or had we not. Let's talk about the heroes involved in this that don't wear capes. In particular, Darnella Frazier. And you know who she is, right? Darnella Frazier is the teenager who recorded the video that went That's viral right. of George Ford, right? George yep. Floyd, right? So, again, as a black man, here is what I'm saying. What if she don't take out her camera and record? What story are we going to get? Yep. Because you, because if you're listening to his defense attorney, which I'm, we know, which in his defense, as a defense attorney, his job is to cast some kind of a doubt to get his client off, right? But yep. you start thinking, if she doesn't have the mindset to take her phone out and record that nine minutes and 20-some seconds or however many it was, right, what story do we get? Right. You know, so at every step of this, I just feel like the system ain't going to work for me yet again. Along with and the fact that I see myself in every aspect of the George Floyd thing, except for the fact, you know, like, I don't have the drug issue. And that to me is not what he should be judged on because at all, you to know, me, like they threw all these $20. things. Right. It was still just about $20 to me at right. the end. of the Right. Like you think about it like this. Why are there guns drawn over a $20 bill? This is like, this what? is not a, this is not a dude who just, Robbed just, the place or was in a or was in a mass shooting none of that mm -hmm. and we've seen mass shooters get taken to burger king remember we had a mass shooter that walked in that church in south carolina and killed all those people and when they caught him he said he was hungry they took him to burger king i don't even know how those people still had jobs what were what was that well tell me again real quick for you because in my mind goes straight to well, then that means that they were proud of this boy. They were like almost patting him on the back for this, giving him food. What what, what do you think it was? Like that they were like, yeah, all right, pulled into Burger King. This guy just killed nine people. But let's go take him to Burger King. Nobody gets that treatment. So what? why would they do that? In its plainest form, in its plainest form to me, here's what I think. Black lives don't matter. Not to them, not in a sense. I mean, you we could dress yeah. a whole we could do a whole yeah. lot of things with this. We could play all around with we can do the wordplay. If my life matters to you, then I get treated fairly. I get treated fairly. You understand what I'm saying? We've had this talk before about all we're asking for is to get treated fairly, right? So yeah. if immediately, like like and, and, and I've watched like I've watched a dozen people analyze the George Floyd video, like from start to be from start to end. And in particular, there was this there's a one black guy he's a he's a retired lieutenant from the nypd and he's black and he's been on headline he's been on hln from the times you know they were they were actually showing the trial every day mm -hmm. and he says like from the beginning of this thing there's a problem because the guy the cop walks up there's an f-bomb out of his mouth every two or three words and he's got his gun drawn and this all started over a counterfeit 20 dollar bill this didn't start over George Floyd had robbed the store at gunpoint. This didn't start over George Floyd had somebody kidnapped. This didn't start start with a car chase. This didn't this started with him walking up to the window and he literally draws his gun and the F bomb is coming left and right. And you have to wonder what happened to de-escalation? What happened to diffusing a situation? Right. What happened to again 
innocent until proven guilty. Because here's what's so crazy about the counterfeit $20 bill. I've had a counterfeit $20 bill. I don't I've had know a $100 I don't, counterfeit bill. But I don't know whether I got it from getting change in a club or whatever I got it from, right? But when I went to pass it over the counter in the store, mm-hmm. the dude was like, this ain't real. And I'm like, fuck you mean this ain't real? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I had more money, and I was like, so I gave him another 20. Because I'm not thinking, I'm thinking, first of all, what am I doing with a counterfeit 20? Right, right. You're like, I thinking it was a joke, too. Right. And I'm thinking, like, bro, like, first of all, like, I come in the store on a regular. When the hell have I have ever tried to hand you a counterfeit 20? You know what I'm saying? Or a counterfeit anything. But then you look at George Floyd, and you saw how quickly that went, and now the man is dead. And you think <laughs> about your own experiences of, like, damn, like, that could have been you. If a cop happens to be in that line and he acts to me like that cop did to George Floyd, where am I at? Like if he's behind me going, you know what the fuck you was doing? The fuck you yep. doing in here? You know, and I'm like just as confused as him because I ain't I ain't used to having no counterfeit money. Right. You know, so so I run through all these things in my mind, these scenarios when I'm watching this and I go, at the end of the day, at what step am I supposed to have faith in this system that's supposed to be here to treat everybody fairly? Because at every step, I have a question. Yep. Like I said, when you ask me about, okay, once they got the guilty verdict, then I go, well, <laughs> I need to see what the sentencing going to be. I know. And that's so frustrating, Egan, because I felt the same way. But I was like, at least... Before I even allowed that to wave over me because I was already anticipating like, yeah, but the judge still is like, I've seen judges or sorry, red tip stories where judges even give like molesters, rapists, like two years in prison. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's crazy or jail, whatever. But you realize that they don't even get the harshest sentencing of their charge that they right. were convicted of. And that's crazy to me. So that's why I'm more concerned that this judge is not going to give the harshest sentencing. I'm getting those vibes from him. Do you right, have those vibes from him? I don't know if I got the vibes of, because I think there may be a, like a mandatory or something that he has to kind of give, at least um, something that he has to give. But I uh-huh. was blowed when he was bringing up stuff like what Maxine Waters was talking about, like that he doesn't like when politicians, bro, what they got to do with this trial right here? You've already given the jury instruction on what they're supposed to do. And you're yep. supposed to trust that. What's she talking yep. about over here, wherever she's at? I'm not saying what she's saying, everything you should have said to maybe rile people up. I'm not saying I agree with totally 20, 100% of that. But but don't bring that in the courtroom. Right. You, you're supposed to be an impartial judge of, the, of what's going on in front of you. And at every I turn, it's something that makes you go, what is, what, what do, are, are we the only ones seeing this stuff going on in this system? Right? Like, how unfair is that, bro? Like blatantly, the judge in that seat is doing that. Right. And so he he was saying the way the instructions he was giving them like were so long. I heard that judges don't typically do that, give instructions on that to the jury like that, that it can be confusing. It can cause confusion. And I'm like, that's all, obviously to me, that's what he was trying to also do. Like on it. That's why I was like, there's going to be a technicality. Someone in that room is going to be like, well, the judge said this. So if you go by this and technically he didn't do it, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like. It, it just was so to me like, oh, God, this is not going to be what it's supposed to be again. Again, they're going to fail us. But we got the guilty verdict. So I'm starting there. Right. I mean, because I, I ain't going to lie. Like, I want to believe in the whole thing. Like, I want to believe in the whole of thing, course. which is which is what brings me to the the next piece of news um, that 
like I said, as quick as we were getting that verdict and as quick as that was going on Twitter, just as quick, everything was flipping because in Columbus, Ohio, 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant was shot four times by a cop and dead right there, right there in front of the house that she was supposedly living in. Now, the fast facts on what we have there, because I've and again, I'm, I was trying to look that up today because they still haven't been able to say or approve if she was actually the one who called 911. But from what mm-hmm. I understand is there was an there was an altercation or a fight wanting to happen or some people had showed up to the house she was living in wanting to fight. Mm-hmm. And also what I'm hearing is that these were adult girls. Now she's 16. She's 16. That part is not disputed. She's a 16 year old girl. I still mm-hmm. don't think that we've gotten all of it. Like how old the other two girls were, or the other people were or right. whatever, but they um showed up. And then part of the story was saying that she is actually the one who called 911. Mm-hmm. Now, what also isn't disputed here is that she was actually the one that had the knife when the cop got out of the car. Yes. But here's some other things that I think that when we're talking about this whole story that people are not talking about enough. There were other cops that were already there. Really? Yes. Because if you watch when he if you watch the video, which it took me a minute to watch because I avoided it for a minute and then I walk in my room and there it was on CNN. You when he gets out of the car and he comes around as the minute that the shots fire, other cops come from these other places, you know, like. Or whatever, and there were people trying to break up. Then there was also there was a gentleman there, which I don't know his relation either. That he kicked one of the girl, the girl who was on the ground. She got kicked in the head by a guy. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the questions I want answered, and these may be the unpopular questions to ask as a black man, because I don't put this in the same exact category as I do George Floyd, and I'll tell you why. She's a child. That's first off. First of all, Mm -hmm. a child should not be dead that quick with the police showing up, in my opinion. But Mm -hmm. I also feel like I don't totally think that the police are who failed us here. I think the adults who were around the situation as it developed, they failed in many ways as well. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is this. This hasn't, I don't have all this information and I'm still trying to get it. If she called 911, this is just a scenario that I pictured as they as it was being told to me at first, and I was seeing the first reports. If she called nine one one, where she called nine one one from is super important here, and I say it's super important here because of this. At no point have they said that the girls who came for the fight were in the house. So if she was able to call nine one one from in the house, mm-hmm. whoever let her go outside. They got to wear some of this because if you have a kid inside, if I got one of my little cousins, my son, anybody, and somebody shows up at my house to fight, the last thing that's going to happen, especially if I've already called the police, is I'm going to let my son get out of the house or my niece or my nephew or my little cousin or even one of the kids from the neighborhood that I got in my house already. I'm not letting them get out of the house with the knife because that's the situation is not going to go any better after that. No. You understand what I'm saying? No. You're not. The situation is the situation does not get better if the kids get out of the house with a weapon. So if there are adults on the scene, they are failing immediately right there. Oh, so disgusting. You understand what I'm saying? Like they're there. Now, I'm not going to blame anybody under 18 
for the letting of their kids. So somebody that's an adult there, they have to be the one to be an adult. And I think somewhere along the line, we've forgotten that part in a lot of this stuff that goes on. There's some accountability for I'm an adult, you're a child. Right. And I should not be allowing this child to fight. Right. That is not how we handle right. conflict. Now, and I'm only feeling that way if the 911 call was made from inside the house. Because if you're inside the house already and you've called the cops, you're in a safe space. They don't if they don't got guns to shoot their way in, doors are locked. I don't care if I'm looking out the window. I'm still in a safe space until the cops arrive. Right. When the cops get there, then we can decipher every single thing that's going on. Because first of all, if they on my property, they already wrong. So when the cops right. arrive, the arrest are happening right there because you on my property. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And everybody's probably alive at this point because there was no entanglement because because Micaiah never got out of the house. Now, if she was already outside, I still kind of hold some of the adults um, partly they're, responsible they're, because you let it go. Like, you don't egg these things on. These kids yeah. are... These kids stand are by. right. You don't just stand by with this girl has a knife. And if these girls don't have a knife, if they're whatever, somebody got a weapon out here. You already like, like I've seen people, you know, like I've seen like I've seen neighborhoods right where we've had adults right when I was growing up. And they'd be like, you know what? If y'all going to fight, it's going to be a fair fight. And it's over when it's over. And I've seen like bigger dudes like in the neighborhood. Right. And they put two dudes in a circle and they'd be like, yeah, we done with this when it was when it's over with, though. Y'all going to fight right now. And then y'all going to shake hands and it's over with. And they controlled it. I've yeah. seen dudes put two kids in a box in boxing gloves and they don't let no friends get in it. Nothing. It's like, OK, y'all every day with this. This is where it's going to happen at. And when we finish, we're going to shake hands and everybody going to go. We're going to get juices and we're going to drink. But it's over. And they control the neighborhood like that. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I've even yeah. seen those situations. But this obviously wasn't one of those situations. And so many times what I'm seeing now is we're not, adults aren't jumping in to be like, yo, calm down. Right. They're pulling out they're their camera in. phone. They, they, yeah, they're jumping in, agitating the situation, or they're pulling out their phones. Yeah. You know, and so now after we've lost this 16-year-old kid, now we're at the cops. And my issue with the cops is this. There is always so much force when it comes to us. You understand what I'm saying? Again, yes. I'm not saying when I've watched that video, I'm not saying that somebody's family didn't come out of this thing probably happy because the girl she was going at from what it looked like to me, I'm sure her family's like, good thing she didn't kill you or she didn't stab you. Because there's a girl in pink that she's actually, where there was one that fell on the ground, then she turns around. From what I see in the video, there's a girl in the pink that she's actually going at, and that's when she gets yeah. shot. But I, I don't think no way, no how that he had to put four in her. I just felt I, like, I just feel like it's always an, an unusual amount of force when it comes to- You can also tase people. Right. Tase people, that literally shocks their body. They can't move. Every, like, it, it would drop, you know? Right. Like, well, anyways, go on. Right. I mean, you could jump in here wherever you want to. I mean, and that like these are all the things that I feel like they're factors in. Now we're out here again with another young black kid dead. Dead. You know what I'm saying? And and After and again calling and, for help. Right. And one of and one of my issues, like, you know what I'm saying, like like how the police deal with us is you, you know, people people have, you know, they, the argument on the internet has become this. I'm seeing this in so many things, like, oh yeah, well, she had a weapon. He saved somebody's life. Well, that dude that shot those kids over there. Remember we talked to uh, Kiwan 
the golden activist about the kid that was walking with the rifle that had just killed two people. Yep. No shots fired at him at all. We got, <sighs> we got Dante Walker who just got killed trying to get back in his car. But then there's a whole nother video running around on social media where a dude has got a car, a gun on his seat, telling the cops what he ain't going to do, not getting out, telling them he'll shoot them, everything else. And no shots fired. Yep. You know, you got a video right All now. All this precaution. Right. You got a video going around right now of the guy, the 61-year-old guy in the white pickup that's, they telling him to stop. He's running in the police cars, everything else. No shots fired. You know, so the, the unusual amount of force that's used on us, that is a major problem. Yeah. You know, and it, I don't it feel like that's justified. I don't feel like her getting four center mass is justified now i did have excuse me i did have somebody tell me that deals with police training that they are often trained to dump right they're not supposed to like shoot for the leg or you know right try they are to trained to like bah, bah, bah. they are trained to just go but my okay again yes that's the situation but there's why straight to the gun if it, if it were not a black person, would they have went straight to the gun? And I'm really asking that question. I'm we're not all saying asking like, that question. You're exactly right for asking that question because we're all asking the same question. Would it? And, and, and we don't know. We really don't know. But, but we don't even believe it either. We don't believe that he would have. We don't. Let's make, let's let's look. That's what we do here. We we are like, look, be honest with like we are with each other. No way do you and I believe that if that girl was white, that that would have happened the same way. I agree. I agree. So, Egan, um, I hope you're okay with me reading this. I sent this to you in your DMs. I don't know if you caught it from Amanda Seals. No, but you can read it. Go ahead. Okay. okay. So it has to do with the story. So Amanda Seals, I love her. She's like, uh, she's, she's verified and she's very like into the Black Lives Matter movement, but also like just, just for justice for black people. Right. And being real or, uh, trying to ch change our perceptions about everything. Well, she posted this thing. So this is a story about what is supposedly happened that day with Micaiah. Now, this is coming from someone who wrote, posted this on Facebook and she reposted it. So I don't know how much of it is true, but I can tell you it sounds like it's a true... Recollection. What they're saying is, okay. yes, of what happened. So this woman named LaShondra Tinsley writes, um, I went to the memorial yesterday and spoke with the Micaiah Bryant family and friends. Those girls, one was a 28-year-old adult, had come to Micaiah's foster home three days in a row trying to fight her. The foster mom is the one who had the girls come fight Micaiah, claiming she was unruly. Everyone in the entire house was against Micaiah. And when her father came, she finally felt safe enough to come out and fight. Imagine a 15-year-old thinking process of having to fight a 20-year-old, 28-year-old and others. And her own foster mother calling to have her beat up. So Micaiah's little sister is the one who made the 911 call. Okay. Three days straight, all by herself. So she says, I'm sure Micaiah was extremely scared, but felt she had to be brave to protect herself by any means necessary. This information hasn't come out to the media yet, but if the investigation is done properly and there's transparency, you will all hear about it. And so that's what she's saying, that she went to the memorial, talked to the family. This is what actually happened, but it's right. not being reported in the media yet. But because everybody's making the argument or anyone who's making the argument of what well, she had a knife, what was he supposed to do? He, she was, he was saving the other girl's life. Right. But we also have to ask the question of 
why if she even though the story says that the little sister called let's just say the story originally was she called 911 asking for help right how scared must she have been to call for help to the point where she goes and grabs a knife to defend herself in a fight and and so you're like to me on the surface it's like oh she took a knife to a a, a fight right. but no now that you know this was three days of tormenting you know it, she's going through this trauma in her household nobody loves nobody likes her uh she's got grown women wanting to fight her and they're pulling up to her her space so like in her mind she's got to defend herself her only way to win is if she has a weapon you know like she can't fight them fair they're all gonna beat her up Right. So he doesn't know all that. The police doesn't know all of that. But we also have to say, again, where is the de-escalation to that? You know, where to find that out so that you're not just shooting to kill, to resolve a situation. Right. Now, So you got you got another point? No, there? no, no, that was it. That here's was my it. here's my jump back in that. And it goes back to what I said in the beginning. The adults failed this entire situation that from the too. beginning. You understand what I'm saying? Because. You got to give the little sister props because the little sister is saying, I'm going to call the police. So she's yeah. being more she's being more of a fixer of the problem than the actual adults. And here's right. my, my first problem. How are you in a foster home where the foster mom is calling adults over here to fight a kid? Right. Like what what kind of situation is that? Like that, that right there is another failure of the system. Right. So yep. to me, it sounds like right there. Where's DFS, Department of Family Services, where are they at? Something else you threw into that as you read that, right, that struck me is her dad shows up. Once mm -hmm. her dad shows up, that's another adult. Why is he taking his 16-year-old daughter outside to fight adult women? You're just supposed to put your daughter in the car and be like, we out of here, baby. I got you. Yeah. You understand yeah. what I'm protect saying? Protect her. Protect. Right. As a protector, as a dad, this is, to me, this is my move as a dad. These are grown women trying to fight my daughter. My daughter ain't even in this fight. She's not even, she don't even got to be in this fight because now that I'm here, we out. I'm taking right. all of my kids that I can, that, that are my kids right here. Right. I got it. And you know what I'm going to do in the process? I'll call DFS because this is what's going on here. That's causing another problem. See, that, that's what I'm saying about the steps that we have to be accountable for. Yep. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Like the dad shouldn't show up and, and participate in the fight. Right. The, uh, uh, if now, if dad got there and she was getting jumped and he got to get him off of her, then that's one thing. But like, well, from what you read to me, it sounds like when dad finally came on the third day, now she says, okay, I'll go fight. Cause I got somebody to watch my back. When right. dad should have been saying, ain't no fight happening out here. Not with my daughter. Right. Like you a grown woman, you a grown woman. And you, that was the foster parent. You no longer the foster parent of my daughter. So I don't know what I got to do. But we're going to change this situation because I'm going right. to be a man about mine. That's, that's being a real man. A man about mine right now is I don't know how we got to this. And like I said, I don't know how they got to the situation where she's living there in this foster household. But if the dad has shown up now, it's time for him, if he's never has before, to step up at this very moment and be the dad he's supposed to be. And the dad he's supposed to be right then and there is like, OK, you 28, you whatever. Clearly adults. This is a child. This fighting happening. If any fighting right. happening here, you fighting me because I'm taking my daughter out of here. And exactly. I don't normally put my hands on women, but I'm taking my daughter out of here. You get in the way. That's when it's going to be another problem. Micaiah, right. get your stuff. And if her little sister is my daughter, get your stuff, too. You ain't got to get yeah. all of it, but enough that I got you for two or three nights or whatever. And we up out of here. 
You don't yeah. get in the fight because now this is what you've done. You've given the cops. Now they have to judge it. Now, now it's like we're talking about what the cops should have done when it shouldn't even have gotten there. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, exactly. and we, right. We, we, this is one thing that's going around the internet too, that we keep talking about. Like I saw this meme. Don't call the cops on a black person unless you prepare for them to die because it could go anyway. Yeah. So with I, that I, being said, wow. now we're going to blame the, 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 the younger sister. No, the younger sister thought she was doing the right thing, which she actually was po- yeah. by calling the police. So the adults, the adults are agitating this whole issue. This is a whole, this whole issue here before we even get to the cops is agitated totally by the adults in the room around the room period from the adults who are showing up to fight the kid from the, the foster mom who called the adults, uh, women to come fight the kid to the dad who showed up, who didn't deescalate the situation and get his daughter out of there safely. Yeah. And this is all they before all we get. To, and that's why I said my opinion will be super unpopular. Call me, Instagram me, DM me, whatever you got to do. At the end of the day, we got to start being adults to our kids, because if we don't start, I can't look if I'm not if I'm not setting a proper example for my son, how am I going to be mad at what a cop? Because but I've given them to him now. Right. So I'm right. mad when it was my job. It's, it's if you bring a kid into this world, it's your job first to be there for that kid. Yep. You Protect don't, you, that kid. Thank you. Simple. Exactly. That's, so if you a daddy, if like the dad, now that you've given me that, if that part is true, he lose even more points. I don't like the kicking in the head. I was already like, what is he doing in this fight? But, but that tells you a lot, though. Doesn't that tell you about the type of person that he is? Right. I mean, if she's not even with him in his care, she's with a foster. She's in a foster home and he's there. He's alive. So she, that tells me she already came from a very broken family and she was just in this trend. I feel like she was probably going through a lot of trauma every day. In yeah, that that's household. 16. I mean, think about it like this. With, the, with 2020 being what it was, and we're still not completely out of the pandemic. For kids, kids, it's been hell on kids anyway. Yeah. So you put this on top of it. An adult is supposed to be there to help. An adult is supposed to be there to take some of that, to take some of that off of a kid. Right. You can't keep pushing the kid into that. So now you like get a knife. That's going to make this even. What? Right. But you know what, too, Ekin? I don't know if you caught this in the video because they show the body cam footage, right? And so after he shoots her, like he, she shoots her. And then I don't know if it's the dad, but it's the guy who was kicking the, a woman in the head when she was down. He's like, what are you doing, man? She's just a kid. He goes, she has a knife. And he goes, so what? She's a kid. That was his response. Right. Was, so what? She has a knife. She's a kid. Like, no, sir. She shouldn't have a knife because she's a kid. Right. So, so it sounds like, yeah, he was not there to stop the situation. He was never there to stop it. He was just there to be like, all right, go fight. I'm going to watch. And, you know, beat their ass, you know, probably telling her she better beat their her, their ass. Look, let me tell you something, man. I'm very much Ugh. a fighter. I'm very much a fighter for my people. I'm very much a fighter for police treating us the right way. I'm very much a fighter for when you wrong, you wrong. I very much am that. And I am very much black first. Let's not make no mistake about it. But at the end of the day, and I've said this, excuse me, I've said this before, and I'll say it again to anybody standing in front of me. Black lives got to really matter to black people first. It just can't be a cool hashtag. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't get off this podcast and preach all this shit about how this when this was wrong 
And then I let my kid run out here and I'm and I'm like, bro, go do whatever. Go do whatever. You know, when he calls to talk to me and he's like, Dad, like, what should I do? And I tell him the trouble way instead of listening and going, that's not the way, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the way. Calm down. Hold on. Matter of fact, I'm on my way. Stay in out. Stay there until I get there. I'm on my way. We're gonna go eat dinner. We're gonna go talk about this and see whatever's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like you like these yeah. kids are going through more like things are now are way different than they were even for us 10 years ago, right? Yeah. Like now, like I, I, I remember one time I was talking, I might have been talking to you and I was like, there ain't no way nobody could bully me growing up. Cause I ain't give a damn. Cause once I was done, you ain't coming to my house. Cause my brother was an idiot, first of all, on the block, right? So you ain't, <laughs> you're not you're not coming to my house. And then like I said, I just, I just, you just, you just wasn't coming to my house. Mm-hmm. But now these kids can't really get away because yeah. these kids create other profiles. They bully you on social media. And as much as we tell these kids, stay off of social media, you ain't got to look at that. It's hard when that's you've been born with a phone in your hand. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. and, and, and so it's, it's, just, it's a right. It's a very different time. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, but it, it's also like a part of being social. Like right. you, you have to have it. It's just like, yeah, you're alive. You're a teen. So you should have these apps. And so but I do think that what you said about there's got to be self-accountability taken. But also, I think that you can have both where you do, you know, preach that and, and encourage that, but also hold those accountable who right. are not, you know, resp- are not valuing black lives. Right. And I'm very clear on I don't think she should have been shot four times. Let's be clear about that. Yeah. I do think there's an excessive amount of force that's used when dealing with us. Like, you know, you just saw the video the other night of the two boys riding home and how long they were detained because they supposedly look like somebody that had robbed a 7-Eleven or something. They just riding their bikes home, you know, and it's I mean, it's numerous examples here and there. Like I said, going back to Rodney King, going back to Emmett Till. Going, I mean, these stories, they're oh endless. Like, And, you know, I'm, I'm a big Big believer in Will Smith put it as perfect as, as it can be put. It's what? this stuff isn't new. It's just being filmed now, yeah. you know, but we also have to, we can't think the phone is always going to save us. Sometimes, like I said, we have to be the adult. Like if I see two 16 year old kids in my neighborhood, I'm going to stop them. I'm not going to put my hands on them and be like, yo man, like where your mom and dad at? Like we got to, got to get an adult here. Cause this is, this could go bad. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. know, because at the end of the day, I will say this. Most of the kids that I've run into, they respectful to a point, but you can't act like a child with a child. No, you know, so you can't, no. so you can't be acting like them and then expect for them to respect you. You understand what I'm saying? So the adults that came over, let's start with the two women that came over. They were children to Makai because they've shown up three days to my house to want to fight. You're no longer an adult to me. You're an adult in age, but you ain't no adult. Right. You're somebody here trying to hurt me. And like, how trashy is that? Like, you're a grown adult fighting a teen, showing up, bullying her, like intimidating. That is so like, what are you? Have, those are people who have nothing to live for. They have nothing going for them. You know, so much nothing to lose. Right. And if indeed, to me. and if indeed this started with the foster mom making a call to come to bring people oh. over there, what is that saying about her? You know, and again, like I said, I'm I'm getting they all failed from, her. Right. Yeah. That's and that's and that's how I started this. Like that's that's what's so crazy about this whole thing. Why I say it's totally different from George Floyd. Yes, we can't just attach the hashtag to everything. We can attach, yes, black lives should matter. Black lives, they damn sure should matter. And they should matter more than they're even mattering. But they should also matter to us. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I can't I can't say Black Lives Matter and then immediately walk out of this podcast and because there's a dude in front of my car, I'd be like, yo, fuck nigga, get from in front of my car. I can't, yeah. I can't. That's not 
That's not even being like, I don't want you sitting in my car. Hey, bro, could you get off my car? You understand what I'm saying? Like, we we can't, like, I watch dudes, I watch dudes immediately mistreat each other and we'll see a white dude and be like, oh, mister, how you doing? And, and, but they, boy, they'll be like, like in a meeting, in a meeting. <laughs> and I'm talking about, we're not dealing with five, ten, we're dealing with tens of thousands. Uh-huh. But if it don't go right, Guns pull out, fuck nigga this, fuck nigga that. And I'm talking about we didn't made people that made money. People, I've watched people that have made hundreds of thousands of dollars together. And they be in a uh-huh. meeting and with people who look like them, immediately the words like fuck nigga. I'm saying, but they'll be in a meeting with Joseph who wears khakis and that mm-hmm. tone never even starts. And Joseph might even be doing more cheating. Joseph might be doing more right. bad business. And that tone never even comes. And I'm talking about from some of the hardest street dudes I've seen. Wow. You know, and to me, we got to learn. Like, it's like it's like me talking about I respect a woman. Right. And every time I get upset with you, it's bitch. It's hoe. You, you, let me tell you right. something, bitch. You like that ain't, that ain't no respect every time. You know, I got to be like, your name is still Brittany. The conversation might even get heated. But that doesn't mean that you you have to be disrespected because because we don't agree. Right. You know, and we as a people, that's one of the things, like I said, we have to learn. Because here's the thing. As long as they think that we don't care about each other that will treat each other any kind of way they ain't gonna never worry about it why should they i know and it, like i said well, it don't it make them, them right it, yeah it doesn't make them right that's what i'm saying but in their mind it's like the easiest way to justify not caring continuing to not care you don't care why should i care i want to you know what i mean like it's, to me that's not even equivalent but i've heard to i've seen the comments oh when these videos happen and you go in the comments and people are just like oh well she shouldn't have had a knife. Oh, well, you know, shouldn't have resisted. Like they just, it's just any excuse Brittany. to justify not caring. Brittany, let me tell you something. And I know you've seen this immediately when there's a crime and somebody black does somebody something to somebody black. In the oh. first five comments, I usually see where's Black Lives Matter now? Yep. That or, oh, black on black crime. What a surprise. Right. And the oh. crazy and the crazy thing about that is, you know, and, and this is statistically speaking, people kill where they live at. They don't usually travel. You know what I'm saying? So white people kill white people, too. But we don't hear white on white crime. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like, you no, stati- they on- statistically, people kill where they are. You understand what I'm saying? And that's right. all nationalities. That's statistically, that ain't even nothing that I'm making up. But again, the media, this and people buying into things. And what stories make the top of the news line, you know, that thing. But I will like, you know, just just to, just to close this one up, like we have to there were a, a, a plethora. And, you know, that's my word when I feel like there's a lot. There were a plethora of things that went wrong here. But I do yeah. also want to make sure that it's, it's understood that I don't believe she should have caught four shots that day. I don't believe no. that. And I still mm-hmm. think there's an issue with the amount of force that's used immediately when there's somebody black involved yep. in the situation. Let's acknowledge it. It's yeah. real. Yeah. So um, your thoughts and comments are always welcome. Um, please put them on Britney's page. Cause I'm not with the foolishness on my page. No, you can, you can, <laughs> you can, you can. Um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of clips from this show flying out there on uh, uh, my page at DJ Eakin or at brunch with Britney on Instagram and on YouTube. Um, I would love to hear your comments and your feedback though. I yes. would, um, because this one, this one, this one's going to go around for a minute, though, Brittany, because there's so many different layers to this one right here, which is why I, I wanted agree. to have this conversation with you. There's you know, this one wasn't as cut and dry as watching 
you know, and the George Floyd we're thing. still getting the details. Right. Like what I read to you, that's not even in the news yet. So right. you see, like we don't even know the whole story. Half right. we don't know half of it. So it's to be to be continued. To be continued, man. Uh whew. and those are the conversations, Brittany, you know. And, and when you ask me how yeah. I'm doing, like I'm I'm doing okay, you know, like I ain't doing bad. I'm about to get the robot arm and all that good stuff, but you know, like but when you like you turn the TV on and it's just I don't know. I know it's tough on your mental health. I feel you. And I, I just want to send you all the love and know that there's a lot of us out there who love all of all the black people in the black community and we're supporting y'all and we want black lives to matter. But you don't never have no black boyfriend. That's another show. Oh, no, oh, first I'm stop. That don't mean I never been. I don't mean I never had. <laughs> I didn't mean chocolate. it, Brittany. I, I okay. swear, Brittany. I swear, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I don't even know. I don't even know where that came from. Bad DJ. <laughs> That's a bad DJ right there, man. Um, for everybody rocking with us here at the DJ Aiken Podcast, man. Of course, shouts out to Jason and Radio Influence. Um, don't forget too, because I'm supposed to say this every time, Brittany. Like, subscribe, and uh, stay tuned to more videos happening on DJ Aiken TV. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, and uh, do it. Yeah, do it. Do it and all that good stuff. Brittany, once again, where can they find you at um, online? I'm at Brunch with Brittany on Instagram. On Twitter, I'm at Brunch with Brits and Brittany Gonzalez on Facebook. Like my page. Yeah, and go there and see like all this all the work she didn't do in Jamaica while she was out there. Like <laughs> who was your photographer over there? That's that's another show. Don't worry about it. I don't wanna know. Uh, I don't I don't wanna know. Hey. It's at DJ Aiken across all platforms and at DJ Aiken TV on YouTube, man. I appreciate you. I rock with you, Brittany. I love you and thank you so much for always um being here for the chaos, for the good and the bad, and for when we gotta have these tough conversations, all right? Love. Love Talk soon. Bye. I'm Jerry P. Tuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. <laughs>